What's up, my people? I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and you are back with me for another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency in Los Angeles that can help you grow your business. So if you're having trouble growing your social following or your bottom line, reach out at cavesocial.com and they'll be able to help you with both of those. Today, we're chatting with Chris Schreiber. He's got over 15 years experience in leadership positions, started his career uh, on the Conan O'Brien show, actually, and then moved west, got a job at Google, then went into work at several startups before landing at Brandcast, where he is now the CMO and pushing growth for that company. We get into interesting conversation, really talking about the evolution of technology, native advertising, and what him and Brandcast are are doing and how they're pushing growth forward. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Today, I am sitting with Chris Schreiber. He leads all marketing for Brandcast, which is the leading code-free web content system for enterprise. He's got over 15 years experience in leadership roles at high-growth technology companies. He has built and led marketing teams for multiple early and mid-stage companies after beginning his career in global communications and public affairs at Google. Chris, welcome to the show. Now that's the fifty word bio. Tell us a little bit more. Give us the you know five hundred word or thousand word bio. Tell me a little bit about your story. How you stumbled into marketing? Yeah, definitely. Began my technology marketing career at, at Google, but really kind of kicked off my my professional experience a little bit before that in the media world. I was at the Conan O'Brien show on a contract on general staff back when he was at NBC. Really excited to sort of enter into the media world, wanted to be a writer, but my experience there just kind of felt like it was actually a much sort of slower moving experience within the office than I, than I expected. And as I was sort of seeing a lot of my friends go west and a few of them had gotten jobs at Google, I just became really attracted to what I was hearing about there, this really sort of just entrepreneurial, fast moving environment. And so got lucky, got the opportunity to work there. And I've kind of just been at that like lightning technology pace ever since. At Google, I was, I was part of a major sort of transition where they were going whole scale into the consumer app space. The company is really predicated on search and ads. And then I came in on the Gmail team. And that was actually fortuitous because that really became sort of the beachhead for their whole consumer app strategy. And so I knew the product really well, had the opportunity to transition the marketing team, and then just worked on a series of consumer app launches for my last few years there that really kind of helped me understand the playbook, Uh, you know, just for bringing new products to market, what sort of communications needs to look like, what customer development looks like. And from there, my sort of interest started to go towards these earlier stage companies. You know, similar, I was just sort of seeing a number of friends just having really great experiences with companies I kind of never heard of. And then after a few years, I had very much heard of them and wanted to be a part of something like that. And so transitioned to growth stage technology companies, started originally with an agency called Launch Squad, got to be a part of a lot of really interesting sort of go-to-market plans for different companies, worked with Next New Networks, which is one of the first sort of video creator networks. We helped launch them. They were eventually acquired by YouTube, worked with a, a flash gaming company called Mochi Media, which really helped sort of bring the whole flash gaming space into a much higher profile, they ended up getting uh, acquired by um, a large Chinese media company called Chanda. Uh, And it 
it was it was a great experience for me working on the agency side, but then got recruited to run marketing for a startup called ShareThrough, which was in the video advertising space. At the time, we it was sort of positioned as social video advertising uh, and really sort of at the nexus of, of media buying on social as well as off social, but for the purpose of driving more sharing. And it was, it was an exciting business, but we really hit our stride as we repositioned the company as a native advertising platform. And essentially the vision was there that there's all this interesting investment happening for for non-standard content assets by brands, you know, particularly in the video space. You're seeing documentaries and music videos and, you know, just sort of interesting original pieces of content. And they just did not have an obvious media solution, like promoting it in display ad or just promoting it in a pre-roll. Like a lot of times it just wasn't even technically possible. But even if it was, like it just didn't feel quite right for your, you know, your really sort of thought out five minute documentary to just go put it a display ad uh, to market it. And so we were part of this sort of new vanguard of media that was really focused on ways to promote content, uh, original content assets. And social platforms are kind of already doing this in terms of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, offering media options that were beyond the sort of traditional just interruptive uh, format. And we were part of the sort of group of companies that recognize this as a really new ad category called native ads and, and sort of the philosophy behind it being a, a media solution that really fits the form and function of the site that it's on. So from a visual side, that means an ad placement that really sort of looks you know consistent with the rest of the design of the site versus just sort of sitting on the right side and and sort of being very disruptive and also from a you know content standpoint, not just being sort of like a quick promotion, but but actually like a piece of content that delivers value to its audience. Um, and so that was a great experience for me from a marketing standpoint. We, we really built like an enormous platform around just telling the story of native ads. We, we did a lot of primary research. We did eye tracking studies with IPG Media Lab and neuroscience studies with Nielsen, just re- looking at native ads versus display ads and pre-roll. Led a huge conference series called the Native Ad Summit. We had like 800, 900 people coming, you know, between like New York, San Francisco, London. We were running uh, separate events. And then from ShareThrough, where I transitioned to my current position, which is at Brandcast. Uh, you know, Brandcast, we've really sort of taken on the infrastructure of content creation. The CMS, the content management system is basically like as old as the internet. And it feels that way a lot of times when you're using, you know, some of these platforms to try to try to update your website, try to create new web content. Like it's just surprisingly difficult. And a lot of times sort of divorced from the creative side and really sort of more like developers and technical counterparts that really own the platform. And that's just kind of inconsistent with what the purpose is of your content of your website. You know, it's really for your storytelling, for your brand. Marketing needs to be able to really own it and move fast. And that's just kind of always been Brandcast's vision is how can we give sort of the full control of website development of content creation to to the marketing and creative side of the house. Uh, So there's no more technical bottlenecks. and You can really create systems for content production that can help you scale, help you maintain your brand, but keep pushing it forwards. It's been a really interesting space to be in. Very cool. You know, one of the things that I've seen from people I've interviewed on the show who've had stints at Google, and just knowing that, you know, Google is famously known for the move fast, break things, uh, let's move forward at lightning speed, where, or light speed, where Apple on the other other side juxtaposes really a, you know, measure twice, cut once to their DNA. So it's really interesting to hear that and then see, you know, how that mentality, like you were saying, has really transcended and helped and really probably pushed you towards those high growth 
companies and into those opportunities and then looking, you know, how, how can we move fast and do this? So that's something that I've just noticed on the show. It's been uh, very interesting. Now, before we get into really looking at, well, you know, okay, the evolution of the CMS and really this infrastructure for marketers, I do want to just touch briefly on native advertising. What hurdles, if any, or if tons, did you encounter with really going towards native advertising and getting executive buy-in to make them focus on story, you know, uh, to really emphasize the story over embracing this medium and this way to really get an advertising message out through story over doing the traditional banner advertisement or uh, or splash page or anything that's yeah. like you said, interruptive. Was there hurdles or did you need exec buy-in a lot of the time? Did you find that that was the big hurdle to get over? I mean, I think... It was a much larger sort of shift in the winds than just kind of display versus native ads. And we did not have to put in any effort to convince brands that, you know, investment in content made sense. That was already happening. Uh, Companies were, were happy to sort of explore the new creative canvas of the web. And so we were coming at it from, you know, the media side of like, well, you're already doing this. You're already investing in new forms of content. You know, this is a new way of, of telling your story. Why are you still using the old way of promoting that story with display and pre-roll, uh, which were never really great fit with the web anyways. Both of, both of those were just trying to replicate older mediums. You know, they were trying to replicate the magazine ad into a web page and they're trying to rep- replicate the sort of interruptive television ad with pre-roll. Um, and there just hadn't been a lot of digital ad formats that had come out yet that were um, negatively digital. And so people, I think, got that philosophically. But it really came down to results. You know, like, I like the concept. This is cool. Show me that this matters was probably the original sort of challenge was was just getting to the data. And for us, like, it's it wasn't just about click-through rates and sort of the very sort of base metrics there because there's obviously a lot of ways to sort of game that system. For us, it was trying to really show brand impact. And so that's where, like, the investment and research really paid off. So we did some primary research studies, like I was saying, with first with IBG Media Labs, where we did really like the first ever eye tracking study for native ads versus display ads. And we just came out and, hey, there's meaning statistically significant more visual attention going to your ads than display ads. You know, and a lot of this is brand advertising at the end of the day. So that's important. And then the second round was with uh, Nielsen, where we did a neuroscience study. And we took it a lot deeper than just visual attention. We tried to look at like, well, what's happening with that visual attention. And what we found out is that people are just reading. They're reading the copy in native ads much more so than they are in banner ads. And we went even a step deeper there to sort of look at different word choices and how that played out in terms of consumers being more likely to remember your brand and and the sort of messaging in the ads. And I think we just really engaged our audiences on a more kind of significant level than just like the story. And that's where things started to really take off for us. And, and we also devoted just a lot of resources to doing these like pretty in-depth brand uh, studies, which each of our campaigns, because we were just really just willing to put our money where our mouth was and show that it was is working. That was kind of the big difference maker for us. Cool. Yeah. To show, you know, really having that insight backed decision-making and communication mm-hmm. is, is so important. And there's another thing when you look at native, just before we you know move on is, is also like, could the sentiment towards the brand versus like a pre-roll where if you make me watch something as a consumer before I get the content that I want, it's like you're actually positioning yourself as a point of frustration. Mm-hmm. I believe in a pre-roll. So native, when people are opting, hey, I'm, I'm going to read this sponsored story because it's actually, it, it's something that 
mm-hmm. uh, is useful to me or it's captivating, it's entertaining. So I'm right there with you. And it sounds like the research paid off and you guys put, like you said, put the money where the mouth was. So uh, very, very interesting. Now, moving on, you joined Brandcast. Talk to me through where was the company when you came on board? It just uh, raised a Series A and had just released its first major product, which, which is our design studio. And so where Brandcast is fundamentally different from kind of any CMS platform or pretty much any kind of like website builder is that our starting point has always been design and really trying to build a product that could be a powerful design tool for designers to be able to create really unique web content. And so that meant a lot of really difficult um, development work to get out of that sort of more template-based web development style that most of website builders are predicated on to allow for code-free publishing to just a lot more sort of flexibility and freedom for designers to have different page layouts, more control over different sort of responsive states. So mobile can look really different from the desktop site. And the design studio was kind of the the genesis, what sort of now has become a full-blown content system and, and really design system. So over the last couple of years, we've continued to sort of look at the flow of production in an organization and try to understand like how can we leverage what designers are creating in our design studio so that they can get the maximum value and productivity out of it. And so a lot more functions beyond designers can be in our platform and successful. And so we've rolled out a few different modes since we've rolled out a content studio that's really focused on marketers uh, being able to create sort of web pages, sales content, and publish it to the web, but doing it all from essentially like branded content blocks is what we call them that are created in the design studio. And then taking a step further into our Salesforce studio. And that's essentially enables a salesperson to take these kind of collateral templates that their marketing team makes for them, be able to modify them directly within Salesforce and send them out to their clients and get and get data back all without ever leaving their CRM. And so, you know, we think this is a repeatable equation, essentially this like this core of this design studio creating reusable content assets that then can be sort of modified, manipulated by business generalists, but really never sort of losing brand compliance because it's all a really, really tightly integrated system. Now, it's very cool. And a, a lot of you, like you said, for a business generalist who can come on and quickly, you know, make a presentation or make a web page it's helping them a sales page, whatever it may be. That's not, well, one, there's a definite fit for that. And you're saying, I like the idea of getting away from the templated programs out there, right? Like if you, you have to go into Squarespace or WordPress or whatever you're using for your back end, it's, let's say WordPress, uh, largely it's based on, like you're saying, it's the templates and then people are going through and editing based on a template. So it doesn't really give the freedom to someone who doesn't have front-end design capability. I see the fit for sure. Now talk to me about growing this and using, you know, Brandcast U. I see you guys have a teachable teachable course. What is that? What does that encompass? Is that for potential customers, existing customers? And and how has that been really leveraged to help grow the Brandcast? Uh, well, and it's for both. I mean, I, definitely the, the educational content is useful as we're part of you know, a sales process, as well as a, you know, once customers come on board, you know, education is really important here because we are sort of bringing a new workflow to the table. You know, historically, the handoff of sort of marketing copy to design files, to developer staging site, to operations, like these are all really different 
sets of toolkits being used. It's part of the reason why creating websites is really slow and oftentimes very expensive because you just have these very sort of siloed components in, in the production flow. And so, A, you know, we're bringing almost all of these steps into just one collaborative space. And so, you know, teaching sort of our, our customers how each of these steps are done in Brandcast is important. But, you know, I'd say just as importantly, it's just getting the baseline concepts of creating a design system that can really sort of scale with your your web content production. Like that's kind of a new concept. It's a new way of working. It takes a lot of reference points though from things people are already familiar with. Like if you think about a slide deck, you know, your marketing and creative team gets the theme down, gets the colors, fonts. They create a bunch of different layouts for different slides and they give that template of the slide deck to their marketing and sales teams. And then for the most part, they're able to create new presentations that are that are pretty on brand. That's like pretty familiar to most enterprises. And so we're taking that concept, but now we're bringing it to the web. And there's a lot that gets introduced because now we're talking about you know interactive content that has multiple responsive states to it. And there's just a lot more complexity than with this slide deck. But there's an analogy that works there. And same thing on the product side, like design systems, if you do a search, on Google for design system, you know, nine out of 10 posts are product teams talking about how these design systems enabled them to just build and iterate a lot faster on their product because they have essentially like approved assets that are reusable and they can continue to sort of put in their new development. So this is, we're sort of taking these concepts and now bringing them into to marketing uh, and creative. You know, I guess in short, it's just education is definitely important here because we're doing things a little differently, but we're trying to draw on familiar concepts to help people get going. Awesome. And I see that through to, you know, not only the course, and then you guys have the blog as well. Talk to me a little bit about Brandcast and your own marketing at the company. Do you guys defer to account-based marketing? Is is that the primary strategy? That probably is. Like we're, we're definitely like an enterprise-focused company. These are longer deal cycles. There's a lot of different departments and functions that we need to get familiar with, both in the deal cycle, but then just as we get going. So Certainly ABM is kind of like core to the decisions on where we're spending time and money. But I think for us, like marketing at a company like this goes way past a lot of the kind of traditional programs you think about. Like we created an entire template gallery just to showcase all the types of use cases that you can do with Brandcast. And this is essentially like product development. Like we are creating templates for things that haven't historically been webified, like you know, like sales proposals, like sale, like um, data sheets, like web books. And this was the marketing team creating these templates, but they're now in our app. They are sort of fully functional products that, that our customers are building off of. But it all kind of came from marketing because we were missing some of these reference points to tell the story of, of webification and the new types of things you can build. So, you know, that type of of marketing has always really appealed to me using the product in innovative ways, getting past the sort of like the potential for something into going to build the prototype and then market the prototype. And then the prototype becomes an actual part of your product. I've always really sort of enjoyed that that flow. We did similar things at, at ShareThru and did similar things at Google as well. That's very cool. And that's one of the things where, you know, I've spoken with a couple of CMOs who really are passionate about bringing product kind of under the umbrella of marketing to be able to do that exactly. And to go through and take the product and product enhancements from just a thought to, okay, we're going to blueprint, roll out beta. And then it pick, like you said, to then see it live, either through a template or through, you know, a customer success story is so powerful. So talk to me through creating these templates, doing this, how do you work 
with your team to really communicate and keep that growth mindset to enable them to be creative? Is there, um, do you have standing meetings? Like, are you doing, you know, hackathons are, are very popular with some companies. Is there anything in particular that you think could be valuable to another company who really wants to have a jolt of creativity in their industry mm. or in their company? I mean, I think you got to hire well, <laughs> you know, if I was like one of my biggest <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> concerns is like maintaining a growth mindset on my team. I, I've done something like fundamentally wrong about who's on the team. Your constraints at a growth stage company are usually resources just in terms of, you know, available budget, available sort of headcount to be able to put towards programs. You, you can't also be competing with, I think, you know, just headcount that aren't geared towards growth. I think once you have, you right. know, a, a team of sort of just naturally kind of growth minded people, it's the create, you shouldn't be short on creative ideas. It's really about execution and results. And, you know, what I, what I've found is kind of everyone needs to be well-rounded that's involved in marketing. So no matter what you're coming in with, in terms of your skill set, you need to get strong in data. You need to get strong in sort of the fundamentals of, of creative and design, you get strong in fundamentals of copywriting. Um, and when you have sort of a smaller team, like, you know, everyone needs to have a sort of meet a minimum level of capability in all these, because otherwise, like, you're just not going to be able to necessarily like deliver the full package. And I think you just have to be open, um, you know, open to that feedback, to sort of address like the brutal facts of where your skill set is and where we can help you sort of close that gap. And as you start to see like, teammates educate each other on where they're really experts and you start to have like a flow of conversation that just can naturally go from analytics to sort of design critiques to copywriting and everyone feels a part of the conversation it really kind of elevates the way you work yeah if everybody knows and can Mm -hmm. see the whole picture and not just you know the one puzzle Mm -hmm. piece that they are and really seeing how it all comes together you mm-hmm. played soccer, mm-hmm. right, in college? Yeah, so I played college sports as well, football, and I had a coach come in, and it, it's something that just really resonated or, or something that brought me back there when you said, you know, okay, there has you kind of have to be at this level when you're in a growth stage company. Hiring well is so important. I remember we had a coach that would come in at halftime of a football game, and he said, if you need a motivational speech from me, like you're at the wrong program. Like if you need me to get you motivated, you're at this certain level, right? You're at this company or you're on this team. You, like you should be really the selection process to even get you on the team. You know, we've made sure that we found the motivated individuals. And that always just stuck with me of like, right, same thing in a company that finding people who and retaining people and bringing those people in and embedding them in a culture when they're actually, you know, you don't have to push a growth mindset downward that they're actually bringing it in and they're hungry for more things and they want more opportunity and they can push the org in new directions and then you as the leader can guide and, and lead them. So I think it's a lot of parallels between sport mm-hmm, and definitely. business for sure. Cool. Well, before I let you go, tell me where people can learn more about Brandcast and connect with you. Yeah, online. definitely. I mean, I think our website's the best place, brandcast.com. We just did a pretty major redesign of the site and kind of update of the, of the branding. And, you know, from there, you can read some pretty deep dive stories about our customers, different things people are doing as well as our template gallery sort of shows the full span of different types of content you can create. So yeah, I would say definitely just come to the .com, check it out. We've got a lot of good sort of programs in place as companies want to start to learn how this works. Got a really great customer success team with you know fully staffed designers and kind of marketing experts that can really kind of go in in a consultative way 
with companies, help them sort of see opportunities for them. And I'm on the website right now. It's very, very clean communication. The copy's great. Guys, go check that out, brandcast.com. I will also put that link in the show notes. Uh, Chris, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone, that's the end of the episode. As always, please hit like, share, subscribe, all those good buttons at the bottom of your podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Um.